0: Easy Does It. Your cool guide to investing. The executor will then get hold of Easy Equities. They will send, they will submit a ticket to Easy Equities and say, DJ at large, he's passed away. I was nominated as his executor. Here is my letters of executorship. They will also need to include their FICA information. So We would ask for the letters of executorship, also a copy of your certified copy of your death certificate, just proving that you are in fact deceased, copy of your ID and then the FICA documents, which at the moment consists of the ID documents of the executor together with the utilities bill. And then all of that together with the instruction of what we actually need to do with the investments in your Easy Equities account. Welcome to Easy Desert, a podcast by Easy Equities, where we simplify money and investing. No
1: jargon, no complications. Your cool guide to investing. Easy. <laughs> Thank you for pressing play on the Easy Does it Podcast, your cool guide to investing with no jargon and no complications. Remember to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcast, and all the other listing sites to get instant notifications of box fresh episodes of the podcast. My name is DJ at large and today I'll be hanging out with Sasha Graham, the head of legal at Purple Group. But she is so much more more. I was stalking her a, a little bit on social media. So of course she's an investor. She's a proud cat mom. She's a bubbles enthusiast. We share that. She's a bookworm and a retired DJ. So many things. Sasha, welcome to the Easy Dozen podcast.
0: Hi and thanks for having me.
1: So I heard that you absolutely love your cat. Were you able to leave her and come to studio?
0: Yeah, I mean, she probably wasn't very happy about it. No, I'm joking. I was actually at the office today, so I've come here after my office day. But yeah, lo and behold, as soon as I get home, she will be sitting on the counter, literally <laughs> literally waiting for me. That That is what happens every day.
1: Oh, but it's so lovely to have you. You know, there's this legal question that keeps coming up within the Easy Equities community. I get quite a lot of DMs about it. I see it quite a lot in different types of investor groups. And it's around, what happens to my Easy Equity? account and my investments when i die which i know is a very complex one and and hopefully as our legal eagle you'll be able to guide us a little bit but before we delve into that we want to get to know you a little bit more right so seeing as how you are a retired dj we'll talk a bit about music and investments right so what i'd like to know from you is what song best describes the current state of your investment portfolio
0: wow that is it Because I know
1: people's portfolios are a little, a, little bit, a little bit shaky at the moment Wow <laughs> <laughs> So I'm um, keen to know I you mean know,
0: right you now
1: It's mm-hmm.
0: probably Let me think I mean this is not a, at all a song I would ever play But it's a song that I, I genuinely <laughs> <laughs> love uh-huh. um, I would have to say Celine Dion It's all coming back to me now ooh, All those investment ooh, principles that. People told me about they're all coming back to me everything now. is
1: kicking in now exactly. things tend to kick in like, when things are not going too well exactly everything kicks in. so oh,
0: it's beautiful. diversity all mm. of those sort of things i'm like hmm.
1: patience not being too emotional
0: exactly oh,
1: i love that exactly. one uh, another question i have for you is um uh, what is that one share or etf that you are holding onto with the hope that someday one day <laughs> it will turn around and turn green
0: sure um This is actually the easiest question I'm probably Mm going to answer today Mm -hmm. because it's one that has always stuck in my mind since forever. And it's actually Discovery Bank. So Mm. I bought Discovery Bank shares probably as one of the first shares I ever bought in my Easy Equities account, which is probably about six years old now. That share, I don't think it's ever been in the green. (laughs) I think I really did buy at the top of the top. I Mm -hmm. think it was probably trading around 1.80 something at the time. That share literally has never been green, but I've held on, man. I've literally held on for dear life, as they say. I've been huddling. I've been huddling so hard.
1: (laughs) It's so funny. We all have that one where you just are holding on and hoping for a change, and it just doesn't look like it's going to happen. But nonetheless, that is the school fees we pay when it comes to investing. Uh, And I I guess it all makes us human. We don't know it all. We sort of figure things out as we go, right? So even the legal eagles don't know it all when it comes to (laughs) investing. (laughs) No, definitely not. So, Sasha, let's go back to this question that I raised around, you know, the stuff I've been seeing around social media, you know, around what happens to my easy equities account when I die. Broadly, what happens and is this process different to a retirement annuity?
0: It is. So, very, I mean, this is a complex, complex topic Mm. in law. So, I'm going to try to keep it as very simple and as high level as I can. So, when you die, your shares and your investments form part of the assets that will form part of your estate. Okay. So they call that your estate. So when you die, your estate is made up of all the things you leave behind, liabilities included. Okay. Now, how your estate is distributed depends on whether you have a will or not. So everything falls into your estate. And let let me caveat that. Not everything, because the second part of your question is where I'm going to get to what things fall outside of your estate. Okay, I see. So High level, your shares form part of your assets, therefore they fall into your estate. How they're distributed depends on whether you have a will or not. Now, the second part of your question regarding whether that's whether that's the same for your retirement annuity. So your retirement annuity is actually the one asset you have probably that does not. Within your estate. So, Hmm. retirement annuities, pension funds, pension preservations, provident preservations, they're all something that's governed under the Pension Funds Act. And that is the one piece of legislation that actually takes away your testamentary freedom. So, there's a section in the Pension Funds Act called Section 37C. And that section actually sets out how your death benefits, okay. which is the benefit that you get from I your see. retirement annuity when yes. you die, um, how that is distributed. And this is something very different from the beneficiaries and stuff that will benefit under your estate. Okay. Because in your estate, or oh, when you don't have a will, for example, you have beneficiaries that will reap you know the wards of your estate obviously if they are and you will decide how they are are distributed section 37c puts the obligation and basically ability of the trustees of the fund to decide where your death benefit goes so notwithstanding the fact that you nominated people Section 37C makes it a requirement for the trustees to actually go and look at who are your actual dependents. So they try and make sure that, you know, your death benefit is distributed equally, not only to people you've nominated, but to your actual dependents as well. So if you don't have any dependents and you've just put through nominated beneficiaries, then they will receive. But if you've got nominated beneficiaries who are none of your dependents, but you've got a lot of dependents, they will inherit it and, you know, get the the parts of your, your estate. And it's not always a Very easy task. Mm, so it could be
1: complex to be very complex. Very
0: complex. Yeah. So you don't actually. I mean, I don't. I don't envy the jobs of the trustees because they don't actually know you from a bar of soap. So even though who you nominate might not get you know a portion of your death benefit as you wanted them to, just by nominating people and keeping that information up to date does give the trustees a guide. It's to, okay, who should they be looking at when you pass away? Um, And it helps them with the investigation. And sometimes, and I think a lot of people in this space and in the trustee space will know that this is when things start to get a little bit hairy because perhaps certain individuals who weren't a part of your life when you were alive, um, well, that people knew about. And I guess one of the most common um, examples of this is you're married. Um, let's just say you and I are married. I pass away. You think you're my only surviving dependent. We didn't have any children. So we lived together. We had a bond together. You know, we we were dependent on each other. You were dependent on mine as my spouse. I pass away and then the trustees go and do the investigation and lo and behold, they realized Sasha had, you know, another sad mm-hmm. thing. A sad thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that sad thing, well, I was basically, I don't know what the what the millennial or Gen Z term is for this. I was the blessed let's call
1: it that. And taking care of this individual. I was taking mm-hmm. care
0: of this individual, right? So that individual's actually dependent on me. So when it comes down to distributing my death benefits, There's a very strong possibility, well, if they can prove that person was dependent on me and if that person can prove they were dependent on me. So, you know, the sort of evidence that they would provide is like a bank statement where I've been depositing, you know, on a regular basis, monthly, you know, funds into their accounts. You know, that's a very easy way to prove that the person was dependent on me. And doesn't always land up in very easy things to deal with because, I mean, now you would be totally blindsided and this person will get a share of my death benefit because they are dependents of mine.
1: Yeah. What I loved is you, you, you split it up for us, right? We've spoken about your easy equities account and your normal czar investments. Mm. And then the death benefits, which is the RN, that's where it sits. And what happens with the two? Two important things come up for me. One is if you've got normal investments, you have to have a will. Right, It makes things a little bit simpler Please. But even on the death benefit side All your information needs to be updated And you need to sort of have an idea Of how things could play out exactly. And consider all the dependence that you currently have I want to bring it closer back To your easy equities account Your normal investments So let's just say I pass away I've got great investments, I've left a will uh, There's specific people that need to benefit from it What happens from an easy equities Point of view, do my family members Have to request certain documents to get the funds um, what happens from that point of view from an easy equities point of view
0: okay so purely from an easy equities point of view so could you have a will mm-hmm. as part of your will you would have nominated and appointed an executor okay. of your estate so when you pass away the executor will take your will take your death certificate and go to the master's office mm-hmm. they will get issued with something called the letters of executorship okay so the executor will then get hold of easy equities they will send they will submit a ticket to easy equities mm-hmm. and say dj at large he's passed away i was nominated as his executor here is my letters of executorship they will also need to include their FICA information so Ooh, okay. we would ask for the letters of executorship um also a copy of your certified copy of your death certificate just proving that you are in fact deceased copy of your id and then the FICA documents which at the moment consists of the ID documents of the executor together with the utilities bill and then all of that together with the instruction of what we actually need to do with the e- investments in your Easy Equities account so if you in your will said um, I want to everything to be liquidated to cash and then split it up uh-huh. on a cash value okay. we, we yes. need to know whether we need to liquidate all your investments and then what we will do is pay out that full amount into your estate bank account, so that's also one of the requirements, sorry I forgot to mention that is that as part of the documents we need to receive, we need to receive a copy of the bank account details of your estate, so the executor will go and open an estate late bank account at one of the banks, the purpose of that bank account is to hold the estate assets while the executor is busy doing what they need to do, Um, you know distributing everything, doing all the stuff that they need to do, so We need to know what to do. So it's either that we liquidate your investments or you have said, I want Sasha to receive my 1 million purple group shares. That that would be amazing. Then what we can also do is then we will transfer those shares to your beneficiary. Oh, okay. So so you
1: can either transfer the actual shares themselves or the cash value of the shares. Just depends on what I've requested in the world.
0: Exactly. One
1: of the questions that's going to come up is, Worst case scenario, I don't have a will. So what happens then? which I know is another really complex one. But perhaps you can use a couple of examples to see what could potentially happen.
0: Yeah, so this is very complex, so please <laughs> avoid this at all costs. <laughs> yes, yes. Put a will in place, and something we can also perhaps talk about a little bit later is the requirements for a will. Mm-hmm. Have a will in place, but to the extent that you don't, in terms of South African law, you then have passed away in something called interstate. Okay. Okay. So, you have died without a will. Uh-huh. And that is governed by the Interstate Succession Act. And that is a set of legal requirements that then says, okay, if you have died without a will, what, who is going to benefit and who is your state going to be distributed to? Okay. So, interesting, if you've got a spouse, uh-huh. the spouse will always receive a child's portion or 250,000 rand. Whichever is greater. Let's take an example of you have a spouse, okay. three children. Yeah, your state or your Easy Equities account, just for all intents and purposes, just use that two okay. million rand amount. So there are four of you.
1: Okay, we're doing we're even doing maths now. You yes. know that this this conversation is serious. I are doing maths, taking our calculators, it's very serious.
0: And for a lawyer to do maths, <laughs> this is quite a thing, eh? This is quite a thing. So please, I'm sorry if it comes out wrong, but, I, but I'll
1: try. I love it, I love it because you're explaining it in such a beautiful way and simplifying it. So I've got a spouse, I've got three kids, and yeah. my easy equities account or the value of it is two million.
0: So we take two million and we divide that by four,
1: uh-huh.
0: that gives us. 500,000. So for each, yes. Okay, so we first started the spouse. So because we divided it by how many people there are, so the initial value is 500,000 if we divided it equally, mm-hmm. and that's what the children would get. So then for a spouse, we look at that, we say, okay, that's 400,000. Is that greater than 250,000? Yes, it is. So the spouse gets the 400,000. Oh, no. The
1: 500,000. No. <laughs> I'm with you, the 500,000. The
0: 500,000, yeah. and then the rest gets split equally between the three children. So the spouse, in this case, will get 500,000 and each of the children will also get 500,000 because 500,000 Times four is two million.
1: Yes, that makes sense. But I can quickly see why things could get very, very tricky and complicated. Because essentially, if you don't have a will, you don't have control of who should get what.
0: Exactly. Because you might have
1: wishes when you're alive that, you know, I want my estate to go to certain people and exclude other people. And if you die in this manner, then things sort of get complicated and you have no control.
0: And there's a lot of, um, there's obviously a lot of different iterations. Like, for example, what if I don't have a spouse... Oh, I don't have any kids. Who inherits then? It's actually your parents. Ah. Yeah, so your parents would then inherit equally. But it even gets it can get more complicated. What if you only have one surviving parent? Then it's your parents and what they call your parents' descendants, which are basically your brothers and sisters, uh. will then split. Your one parent will take half and the rest will be um, distributed amongst those. So it can get very, very complex depending on your personal situation and 100% as you've just said the value of your easy equities account being 2 million rand can go to people you didn't want it to go to I mean what if you had you know an estranged relationship with one of your parents or both and I mean now you don't have a spouse or children so now they they are going to go and inherit your assets basically which might not be what you want so it's really really important that you set out your wishes you know um, in your will I mean When you're in the ground, unfortunately, there's nothing you can do any further. If no one knows your wishes, you know, you're going to leave it up to... You know these certain laws to determine who who gets your who gets your assets.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think you you've brilliantly you know spelt out you know the consequences of dying without one and what could potentially happen. I mean, is it difficult to draw up a will? Is it expensive? What are some of the reasons that people don't do it? I know people don't like to think about death. People don't like to speak about death. That could be one of them. But is it is it difficult to draw up one? Is it expensive? And maybe you can touch on one or two reasons why people don't want to draw them up
0: death unfortunately is still a very taboo subject it's not something that's easily spoken about and I mean you'd sort of wonder why because I mean it's the only real certainty in life isn't it True, True. Um, yeah I think it's taboo to speak about and I, I there probably is also just not I mean there is information about it out there I mean you can just google how do I draw up a will and it is all there it's not difficult so I think it might be Because it's just a taboo subject and people don't like to think about it. But also mixed with the fact that you think you have time, right? Yes. You think you have time. Um. You think now, I mean, I'm almost 32. I'm like, no, i got plenty of time. What do I need a will for? I've still got another, you know, 30, 40, 50 years in me. Um, And then, you know, you peg tomorrow. And then there was nothing. So I think it's a taboo subject. And I also think people think they have time. But then to go to your first part of the question, is it difficult? No. Is it expensive? No. It's actually for free. So you can draft your very own will yourself. You don't even need to pay anyone to do it. As long as you are over the age of 16 years old, you can and of mentally sound ability, you can draft your own will, must be in writing, and needs to be wedding signed, and witnessed by two witnesses who are at least over the age of 14 years old and who are also mentally capable of knowing what they're witnessing. It's as easy as that. You put down what your wishes are, you appoint an executor of your estate. So, what a lot of people do is they will ask someone they trust. Um, for example, quite a few of my family members and friends have asked me to be an executor on their state just because of my legal background. Um, but yeah, it doesn't have to be a lawyer. It doesn't, you know, it can just be someone, someone you trust. And so it actually costs nothing. Well, I mean, it, it costs the price of a piece of paper,
1: really. <laughs> really so to
0: exactly. And,
1: and it's such an interesting one because it's not expensive. It's fairly easy to create, yet we still don't have them, right? So I think it's it's, it's about having very serious conversations about what could potentially happen and knowing that we're all going to die at some point in time and you don't want to leave a mess. We've seen a lot of families leaving this great big mess and uh, families are fighting and they're crumbling and it's not going well. I mean, I had a conversation with my mom a couple of years ago. It was really, really uncomfortable, but she's got a file that's got all of her important documents. It's got her, her will in there. And maybe that's that's the next thing we can talk about, is this idea of, you know, having a life file. I mean, what is it? What's inside of it? Why should some of our listeners even consider having one?
0: I can just relate this to a personal story of myself and why this is an important one. A few years ago, my, my grand passed away. Unexpectedly, you know, in her apartment and... The next day when, you know, everything was found out and we now needed to start getting her affairs in order, you know, one of the requirements at the funeral home is that you need to present a copy of their ID okay. so that they can register them in, issue the death certificate, etc. etc. Now the problem was my grand never had an i file. We it was actually my gran and I I'll never forget this day. We went to her apartment and we were searching everywhere for her ID book something that we you know could get our hands on to at least get her body accepted by by the funeral home I promise you we searched high and low eventually we were praying to her saying grand grand give us a sign, give us a sign. Where,
1: is the where is
0: this I mean you would think and then you also start thinking all like terrible things you're like oh no Maybe when the paramedics came, maybe her bag was taken. I don't know. You start wondering because we just couldn't find her handbag or her wallet anywhere. But eventually, and I'm pretty sure it was our prayers that worked. um, (laughs) She was obviously quite an old lady who lived on her own. So she actually used to hide her handbag at night when she went to bed. And something just told me, look, it was like looking in a wash basket that was covered with things. It wasn't even visible. It was covered with like washing. Where she used to hide her handbag, and thank goodness we eventually found her handbag where we could get her her ID copy out and then you know put start putting together the necessary arrangements that needed to be done. So to make life very easy for your family who are already going through a very difficult time is to have a life file. Make sure it contains all of your important information, copy of your ID, your bank account details. The various policies you have. Also another, you know, something when someone passes is you start thinking about funeral costs. Do you have a funeral policy? You know, are your parents going to be able to or are your family members going to be able to utilize something like that or or they're going to have to fund it themselves? Also, yeah, include all of your policies. Include your investment accounts include your passwords
1: you know because we're on social media we're on all these different types of accounts you've got your easy equities account all of this so have also your passwords in there as well
0: have your passwords obviously keep this file very very safe I mean only tell your trusted family members where you keep it but try keep it as comprehensive as possible there was actually a company and it's funny it was a set up by a colleague of mine and for sure i don't think it exists anymore I'm, I'm not actually sure i haven't seen anything on social media about it for a while but they actually started a legal tech company called life file, and the whole purpose behind that business was to help people create a digital life file so they could log on to this platform you could upload all of your information they obviously as part of the service would ensure that all your personal information is kept secure and you then only really needed to give your family one login and one password to log into your digital life file, and they could go get everything out of that so i mean when i saw them start that business i was actually very excited and i yeah actually i think i signed up for like the free version at some point also again thinking i'll get to it when i get to it i didn't get to it like most of us i'm sure but it's so important like your your family members and your loved ones are going through such a difficult time already. Try and make the other stuff as easy as possible. It's stressful enough to now have to go and wonder where things are, what did you have, what didn't you have. It really is stress that can be avoided. I know these things are difficult. You got to sit with yourself and say, check yourself. Um, I'm not immortal. This is going to happen one day. I need to get my life in order and just, you know, for the benefit of my my loved ones so that I just leave everything in good order. Mm.
1: So we can spend time mourning and celebrating your life instead of being so stressed out that we can't find documents and we don't even know if you have a funeral policy and now we're trying to put money together to bury you but if you had just taken some time to do all the right things, have a will ensure that you know all, all your, your policies are updated with the right beneficiaries and you're spending time creating this life out and updating it as well because sometimes you create it and leave it but so many things start to change in your life and you don't update it. So I Know it's a very difficult conversation for a lot of us but it's such an important one and of course we had to bring a legal eagle to help us figure it out earlier on you did mention that there is a resource uh, on the easy equity site particularly in relation to investment accounts
0: yes so if you go onto the easy equity support portal or even if you just google easy equities what happens to my um account when i die an faq will pop up and in fact we also have specific faqs on the retirement stuff. So it actually sets out the difference. Um, you know, what happens if it's in your retirement annuity or, you know, we also have the preservation funds as yes, well. So yes. what happens if it's in your preserv in one of the preservation funds. So we do have this content available on the Easy Equities support portal. And of course if anyone has any questions, they can submit a question to the Easy Equities help desk at any time and you know we will point them in the right direction and try help them as much as possible.
1: Yeah, so there's so many resources. There's this episode that you can always rewind. You can fast forward. You can press play. And then, of course, you can also go into the Easy Equities portal and look for some of this information as well. So there's this quite a lot of information, but it's just about taking those steps. So, Sasha, before we wrap it up, I want to bring it back to investing, right? What's that one investment principle that you live by? Um, I know you mentioned that when your portfolio is not doing well, you start to remember a lot of these things. But that's what's that one to you that's like, this is the big one for me?
0: I would say, don't panic, hold on for dear life if that stock is something that you've purchased because you actually believe in the company and, you know, you've done your research, you know that you believe in this company with its fundamentals, right? So, discovery is a good one for me. I, even though, unfortunately, it was at the very start of my investing <laughs> career, um, I bought way at the top, so it's it's been a while, well, it's never been green for me, but I believe in the business as a whole Uh you know it's a big business it's growing i feel like it's growing in the right places easy equities is obviously partnered with discovery bank as well so that's why i'm i'm holding on i'm not panic selling i mean if i if i panicked i would have sold it ages (laughs) ago (laughs) don't panic yeah hold on to the stocks you believe in.
1: Yeah, it's about controlling the emotions. Definitely. It's about controlling the emotions. Thank you so much, Sasha Graham, for joining us on the Easy Desert Podcast.
0: Thank you so much. It was great.
1: Yes, and that's our Legal Eagle and Purple group. She shared her knowledge, her expertise, and I really love that she was relatable and, you know, she even told stories of her grandmother passing away. And that's what the Easy Desert Podcast is all about. We're not using fancy and complicated language to confuse you, but just to be real and to give you as much information as you need along your investment journey. Thank you so much for pressing play on the Easy Does It Podcast, your cool guide to investing. Thank you for
0: pressing play on the Easy Does It Podcast. A big shout out to you for hanging out with us. Don't forget to subscribe. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.
1: Let us know what you think of this episode on Twitter and Insta. Our handle is at Easy Equities.